Hi, welcome to Tradition! I'm your host, Tom Hirsch, and this is the first episode of Traditions. Have you ever been to a wedding where you just didn't know what to do next? How about planning a wedding, wondering, where in the world do I start? I guess that's why wedding planners make a living. But in Traditions, we're going to be talking about a lot of special rituals beyond just the standard wedding ceremony that couples have available to them to choose to add to their wedding ceremony or not. Some traditions are family traditions, some are cultural traditions. Today we're going to talk about 10 that are fairly commonly found in the United States but there are hundreds to talk about. Uh, over the course of the various episodes of this show, we're going to be talking about Polynesian and Japanese and Chinese and Russian and Italian and German and French and Spanish and Mexican, Native American, Filipino, uh, Bohemian, Muslim, Catholic, African, Korean, Jewish, Greek, and who knows what other type of traditions. We will talk about some rituals that are associated with the traditions and decorum, and in some cases, a proper attire, where we can find information about the history and derivation and variations of a ritual. We'll talk about those. At some point in time, we'll even bring in guests to talk about various traditions. For example, my daughter-in-law is Filipino, and they had a lovely chain and veil ceremony at their wedding. Some of you may even participate as guests over the phone. I do encourage you to share your ideas and comments. There is a website that I'll give you where I will be watching for your input. The website is feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K, that's the word feedback, at yourspecialday2.com. Once again, that's feedback at yourspecialday, the number two, dot com. So please do be a part of the show. As I said, we're going to talk today about 10 traditions. The first one is called jumping the broom. This, this tradition dates back to the 1600s, and it's believed to come from West African weddings and Wiccan communities. It's a ceremony where the bride and groom, either during the wedding itself or later at the reception, signify their entrance into a new life and their creation of a new family by symbolically 
sweeping away their former single lives. Along with it go their former problems and concerns, and jumping over the broom to enter in upon a new adventure as husband and wife. It became popular in the United States during the 1970s after the publication of Alex Haley's book, Roots. There was even a movie uh, called Jumping the Broom made in 2011 that received some mixed reviews from critics. It ran about 50-50. The second tradition we'll take a look at is called the Unity Candle. It's a ritual of lighting a Unity Candle, which began about 30 or 40 years ago, and represents the joining of two people and their families. Before the ceremony, and before the parents from both sides take their seats, they, and it's usually the mothers who do this, but they each light a taper and place it next to a pillar candle that remains unlit during the course of the ceremony. After the couple exchanges their vows, they light the pillar candle using the flames from the two tapers, signifying several generations of commitment. Sometimes the three candles are allowed to remain lit, and sometimes the couple will extinguish the two tapers and just leave the pillar lit. It's really pretty much a matter of personal preference. When all three remain burning, one taper represents each of the members or the represents the husband and wife and the pillar for the unity of their new family and as symbols of their commitment to each other and to a lasting and loving marriage. Tradition number three is similar to the unity candle in its sand pouring or known as the sand ceremony. The exact origins of this one are a bit fuzzy, but it was popularized in the early 2000s on the TV show The Bachelorette. For this wedding ceremony ritual, the couple pours two separate vases of sand, usually different colors, into a single vessel, creating a layered one-of-a-kind pattern. I should mention that the single vessel is glass, so you can see the sand. But like I say, it creates a layered, one-of-a-kind pattern. From that point forward, it will be impossible to ever separate the colors, symbolizing the blending of the two people forever. Some couples personalize the ritual by choosing sand from meaningful locations during their courtship, perhaps a beach where the proposal came. Although similar to the Unity Candle, the candle flame eventually will blow out, while the sand is permanent. It's a lasting memento to display in your home. Sand is also a better choice for an outdoor wedding, uh, since the wind is much less of a concern. The ceremony expresses the coming together of two people or two families into one new family. It's a very simple idea, that can be incredibly powerful. Typically, each person has different colored sand and takes, pouring, takes turns pouring it into one clear vessel, forming that layered effect I mentioned. Sometimes, just the couple participates, and sometimes the couple's children, 
or parents join in with their own colored sand, adding to the layers of colors and expressing the harmony of the entire family. Usually, the officiant says a few words about the ceremony and its meaning, and then hands each person a vase of colored sand. The first person, often the groom, starts by pouring his sand into this central vase, forming the basis for the relationship. Then the second person, usually the bride, pours her sand into the central vase, forming the second layer. If other members are participating, they then each pour their sand into the central vase. If it's just the couple, they typically add another layer to the vase. To finish, everyone pours at the same time, forming a mix of color at the top that represents the unified family. It's quite striking. It's something that can never be duplicated and the colored sands can never be separated. Keep in mind when you're doing this that the more people you include, the more difficult it will be for everyone to pour at the same time. As for where in the ceremony you might put this ritual, it can really fall at any point, or even as a separate tradition or ritual during the reception after the wedding. But the most popular and perhaps the most logical time is immediately following the ring exchange and vows, allowing the sand ceremony to feel almost like a culmination of the wedding ritual itself, once you've already been joined in marriage. There are a whole lot of variations on the theme of how to perform this tradition and what supplies are needed. A little bit of internet research will yield a wealth of suggestions. Tradition number four is called love letters. It's a newer ritual, but I love the romantic notion behind it. Before the wedding, you and your spouse write love letters to each other and then seal them inside a box during the ceremony. Traditionally, the letters are accompanied by a bottle of your favorite wine or champagne. You'll eventually open the box at a later date sometime in the future, such as a, an anniversary or a milestone. That later date could be the occasion of your first major argument as a married couple, thus the colloquial name for this ritual being the first fight box. During your wedding, you promise to take each other for better or for worse in good times and in bad. On the day of your wedding, when you're more in love than you've ever been before, it can be hard to even imagine that you might go through a rough spot down the road that actually has the ability to damage or break your relationship. But let's face it, you're going to fight. In fact, it can be healthy to fight if you do it the right way. And we all know there are volumes written on that subject. But there may be a time when you need to remind yourself why you guys fell in love in the first place. Enter the fight box. Before your big day, gather a wooden box, a bottle of wine, and a couple of glasses. 
write love notes to each other explaining your feelings as you prepare to start your new life together as husband and wife seal those letters without letting each other read what you've written during the ceremony place those love notes inside the wooden box with the wine and the glasses take turns hammering the box shut one nail at a time until the box is completely sealed agree to keep the box sealed until a special anniversary you know something like your 10th or your 20th or 25th unless you hit a rough spot then break open the box pour the wine read the letters to each other and remember what it's all about tradition number five is called ring warming and it's believed to be an irish ceremony the warming of the rings takes place when the couple's wedding bands are passed around among the guests during the ceremony each guest is asked to briefly hold the rings in their hand while saying a short prayer for the benefit of the couple the rings are returned to the couple with blessings and positive vibes for a long and happy marriage just remember to have them handy when the officiant asks for them. It can be embarrassing to have to poll the audience to discover who's got the rings. Tradition number six, called wine sipping. There are a whole lot of variations on this theme. Wine has been a symbol of life and prosperity for centuries. There are several variations using wine during wedding, especially at religious ceremonies, but a common option is to have two small carafes of wine, usually one white and one red, but not necessarily so. After exchanging rings, the couple pours the wines into a third carafe, creating a blend. They then each take a sip, or perhaps several sips, of the mixed wine to represent their individual lives becoming one. The several sips give rise to toasting each other, and don't get carried away. A few additional thoughts on this. The wine glass does not have to be glass. The wine does not have to be red. Choose a wine that is symbolic and meaningful to the two of you. And lastly, though it doesn't even have to be wine, be creative. It's your wedding. Closely related to wine sipping is the Jewish tradition of breaking the glass for our seventh ritual. At Jewish weddings, after the rabbi announces the newlyweds, the groom smashes a wrapped glass with his foot. This is followed by applause and a cheer of Mazel tov from the guests. Tradition says that the couple will remain married for as long as the glass remains shattered, which is, of course, forever. The glass remains the exclusive property of the bride and groom, never to be drunk from again. Why not enjoy a few sips before sending the glass off to oblivion? Tradition number eight is hand fasting, a ceremony that has uh, Celtic origins, symbolizing the binding together of two people, 
And thus the phrase we know as tying the knot. While it was most often included in Wiccan or pagan ceremonies, today it's become more mainstream and pops up alongside both religious and secular vows and readings. During the ceremony, the officiant begins by explaining the ritual and what it means to the couple. This often includes the notion of the couple binding their lives together in the union of their hopes and desires. He then invites the couple to join hands, symbolizing their free will to enter into the marriage. Some folks opt to cross their hands. It's up to you. You could also elect to stand next to each other, joining your right with your spouse's left and have your hands bound that way around your wrists. Then the officiant reads a series of vows as cords are wrapped around the couple's hands. He may make an additional statement about the completion of the binding and the commitment it symbolizes. After your hands are bound, you can proceed to exchange additional vows or use your hand fasting as the vows you'll exchange and move directly to the ring exchange. We're on the home stretch here with tradition number nine. It's foot washing. Now, foot washing is a Christian ritual inspired by the Bible in John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17, in which Jesus washes his disciples' feet at the Last Supper. It's usually done to symbolize the couple's service, humility, and commitment to each other. While there's a wealth of internet material about the Christian significance of foot washing, it's challenging to find anything specifically pertaining to the custom as a wedding ritual. The best I was able to find was a first-person account by a bride who took on the challenge of developing the ceremony for her wedding. I offer you the URL, or the internet address, if you will, of her story. You might want to grab a piece of paper and a pencil. It's fairly long. You won't remember it. You'll need to write it down. Okay, here goes. It starts out HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash blairblogs.com I'll spell that B-L-A-I-R-B-L-O-G-S dot com forward slash 2016-2016 forward slash 01 forward slash now each of these words has a dash between it how dash two dash incorporate dash foot dash washing dash into dash your dash wedding dash ceremony it's worth the read it is a truly touching story and finally we come to number 10 burying the bourbon is a southern tradition that's said to prevent rain or bad weather on your wedding day. Exactly one month before your wedding, dig a hole at your ceremony site 
and bury an unopened bottle of bourbon upside down. According to the superstition, you'll have sunny skies for your wedding day. Right after the wedding, dig up the bottle and enjoy it with your guests. While we're not positive this works, we can't argue that it makes for a priceless photo op. Those are traditions for today. This has been Episode 1 of Traditions, sponsored by Your Special Day, a non-denominational wedding officiant service based in Palm Harbor, Florida. For more information about Your Special Day, visit their website at www.your-special-day.net. I invite your thoughts and comments on today's show or any show from the past. Email your comments to feedback at yourspecialday2.com. You're also encouraged to subscribe to this and all future shows by clicking on the subscribe button below. Episode 2 will offer some meaningful secular wedding ceremony ideas. Until then, I'm Tom Hirsch. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay wise. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Your Special Day, a non-denominational wedding officiant service located in Palm Harbor, Florida. Your Special Day offers small, intimate weddings where the ceremony is crafted especially for you and approved by you well in advance of your day. Eloping? Destination wedding? No time to plan? Florida is renowned for its beautiful beaches and waterfront ceremonies are common all up and down the coast, but special county permits apply. We're familiar with the regulations and happy to help. Bring us your dreams. We'll help make them reality. From custom-written ceremonies to writing your own vows, we're here to make your special day truly special indeed. Visit our website at www.your-special-day.net or call 727-533-5433 today for more information about our service, pricing, and availability. Call 727-533-5433. Call now.